No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. This episode of No Simple Road is brought to you by the one, the only, the fabulous Shop Tour Bus. Head over to shoptourbus.com online or at shoptourbus on Instagram and pick yourself up one of those fabulous new China Cat Sunflower designs that are coming out tonight, available for pre-order at midnight tonight. I'm out of air. 
Why do you feel like you have to get it all in <laughs> with one breath? <laughs> this is not Kundalini class. I was yeah. trying to. So go, go you can do breathe. That. Go on there ahead of time, like the build up to midnight. I would go on there and I'd order like some. Start ordering those other shirts and then do start. Your pre, yeah, and then do your pre order at, at midnight. If yeah. you're that, if you're that guy or girl or other junk. Gen- genre gender <laughs> out there that that didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, but you got some cash. Check yeah. it out. Go hook yourself up on shoptourbus.com because you're gonna get something that you like, and you're gonna get extra stuff in the box like a bootleg and a pencil and Darwin barking. Well, you won't get Darwin barking in the box, but you'll get it during the the commercial. So, check it out. Go to at shoptourbus.com on Instagram. Follow them there. Go to shoptourbus.com online. When you're checking out, put in the promo code No Simple Road and get free shipping. And also get more than, than you bargained for. <laughs> hey, you guys, check it out. What? What? So I listened to this podcast the other day. It's called Ear Floss. And I think it might be something that right, right might be, might right be might. right up your alley. Um, mm-hmm. You guys sitting here and you guys out there sitting, sitting out there. Um, or standing. Or squatting. Jogging. Dancing. Driving. Any of it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Ear Floss is a music history podcast. Um, it comes out bi-weekly and it's really cool because, how do I explain? So each episode is about a different musician. Or, and it's not genre specific. So it's not just jam band stuff. And it they talk about stuff like the life, the history, career, and music. And they do artists from all time periods. So, <clears throat> I mean, they Is have... Is it bands or just single artists? It's both. Okay. So like, uh, um, let's see, Bing Crosby is one that they did. Um, I think it's Tribe Called... Quest. Yeah. yeah, they did one on Tribe Called Quest. That's cool. <coughs> so, so kind of like the inside the music type thing. But, like a, but a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. So check it out. And um, it's called Ear Floss. And if I you, like that name. If yeah, you just I do too. Floss. I would love some Ear Floss. Yeah. Check them out on, um, on Twitter at Ear Floss Pod. And if you Google the name Ear Floss Podcast, you will also find out where to listen to them. And... We appreciate you guys checking them out. So, not only do you hear about ear floss, but, you know, Osiris has some of the best podcasts around. And I heard a little teaser of Freak Flag Flying comes out tomorrow, Monday, uh, I'm sorry, the trailer came out Thursday, 12-19. The actual episodes come out tomorrow. Okay. This is like the reason that I wanted to be part of Osiris is because of stuff like this. This is an in-depth interview with David Crosby um, by Steve Silberman. And Steve is not just an interviewer. He's actually friends with David Crosby. So what you're getting isn't like your typical clinical kind of interview question and answer thing. It's two really, friends really good out. friends hanging out. And dude, the production is on point. The, the sound is on point. 
the content is engaging. It's it's exciting to listen to if you're even remotely interested in David Crosby. Like it's super cool and interesting. Yeah. And then like one of the things that they were talking about that I heard was um, David Crosby performing with Steely Dan. And he was telling this story about Steely Dan learning one of his songs. And after he told the story, they cut in a clip of the actual performance of the music. So you have context to the stuff that they're talking about. I love when podcasts do that because it makes it like TV without your eyes. Totally. It's theater of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. So Freak Flag Fly is a new Osiris three-part podcast that's coming out hosted by Steve Silberman. And they talk about all kinds of stuff. His years with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, dealing with legendary peers like Bob Dylan, Jerry Garcia, Jefferson Airplane. And it comes out Monday, January 6th. And you can find it at OsirisPod.com forward, forward slash Freak Flag. I'm going to say that one more time. <laughs> OsirisPod.com forward slash Freak Flag. Check it out. Hey now. What? Hey Whoa. then. Welcome back, everybody. Hi. Hi. This episode. Oh, we're not done with the commercial. Is brought yet. to you by Define, Define Premium, Premium Cannabis. Yeah. We have two locations here in the Portland area. We have one in Hillsboro, one out in Forest Grove. So, if you are needing anything for your head, for your aches, a hammer, for your insomnia, a hat? for well, yeah, we also have a lot of merch, Oh, that's too. true. <laughs> yeah. socks or a hat. Or we, we, we don't have pants. We have everything except for All pants. Right, so come those, with, those come come with some pants on. But they also have premium cannabis. That's what we specialize in. Premium right. cannabis, edibles, topicals, vapables, dabables, drapables. I mean, they are a, as a diverse as you take can an get it. Yeah. and put anything <laughs> in front of it. Smokables, edibles. You know, the... They also have uh, No Simple Road Family t-shirts yeah. over there at Define. Yes, we do. Dope. And if you go into one of the Define locations and you tell them that you are a listener and part of the No Simple Road family, you will get 10% off your purchase five. and, and a, free a free t-shirt. We Ryder's in Israel right now, so we, yeah. we got to do the free t-shirt bit for Ryder. Yeah. Shalom, Ryder. Uh, yeah, guys, head over to the one in Hillsboro and hang out with Apple Monday through Friday. He will personally tend your bud and go out to the one in Forest Grove if that is more convenient. Let them either location know you, you listen to the show, hook yourself up with a discount, take care of your head, get yourself taken care of, get your get free t-shirt. education, yep. get medicated. It's good stuff, man. Define premium cannabis. Take care of your head. Take care of your head. Tell me what somebody else's head. Mel, you take care of Apple's head, please. You. Darwin. You. It's a big responsibility. It's a big head. I got to go now. No simple road. No simple road. No simple road. No simple road. Oh,
This is John Barber, singer and lead guitarist for the Disco Biscuits, speaking to you about the Touchdowns All Day with John Barber podcast on the Osiris Podcast Network. On our podcast, we listen to Disco Biscuits music. We listen to a lot of other kinds of music. We listen to a lot of improv music. And I discuss what it takes, the clutch decisions that make epic jams. Use the hashtag touchdowns all day on all social media networks. Thank you so much for listening. We love you so, so very much. Touchdowns All Day is not responsible for any cankles, head wounds, K-holes, cross-species insemination, loss of hearing, vision, or appetite. Do not delay seeking medical or professional attention because of something you heard on this podcast. Touchdowns All Day is not a substitute for a normal, entertaining podcast. Please use hashtag Touchdowns All Day responsibly. In the event of a medical emergency, call 911. It's never enough. It's never, ever, ever enough. You know, hey now, no simple road family. Welcome back. Welcome what, I rea- back. what I realized about podcasts, what it's just like before TV, when you listen to the radio, you sat around the radio and you listened to the radio, and people told stories, or there was interviews, or whatever, and you use your freaking imagination. Except we're way more George Jetson. We're no. more Jetson. We're more advanced. We, uh, yeah. Boy, that's but it's the same type of thing that makes you want to like maybe get cozy or like pay attention and like immerse yourself in the experience it, it's with tv you kind of cut your drown yourself have right? you ever like, looked around the room when people are watching tv <sighs> just stopped and taken yes, a look I at everybody's a faces it, people are hypnotized mm-hmm. literally yeah. that's yeah. hypnotism yeah but I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad but thing. But so is what no, we're that's doing. What you're and supposed to do. Yeah. If you really get into something and get into characters, whether it's audio or video or something, yep. that's you get hypnotized what you're by. Supposed it. to do unless you're just not really into. Well, it's it. all your focus. Maybe like all of your energy, all of your focus, your thought, your everything is involved in that activity. Speaking of energy, thought, creativity, and focus being involved in one activity, who's our guest this week? You wanted me to tell you? Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody wants Guys, to know. Stop. John the Barber Gut Willig from the Disco Biscuits. Disco Biscuits. That is somebody that is focused on what he's up to. Yeah. I It was super fun talking to him. I love the fact that he was extremely blatantly honest about his trips. Yeah, psychedelic involvement in music and life and 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 somebody that's like a a student of the jam that has devoted his time talent energy creativity to figuring out what the jam actually is and taking it apart and figuring out ways to make it more rad that whole thing that he was talking about with tractor beam is so cool that's another one too. With after interviewing them now, now they I still have, we have not seen them live, but it made me hear it differently. Totally, and I I said this to him when we were in the interview, but there there is peaks and valleys in Disco Biscuits music for sure, but their thing is creating atmosphere and texture and 
dealing with the beat and it's it's fucking cool man yeah and it was it was an education talking to him about their thing like and and a fun personality to hang out with yeah very very fun and his idea for all you guys out there that listen to no simple road check it out um we need three of your guys's favorite epic grateful dead jams so if you want to send those to info at nosimpleroad.com, um, your suggestions, just send me, you know, your top three favorite Grateful Dead jams. We are going to uh, do something with John uh, on his podcast, Touchdowns All Day, that we're going to break down the three greatest uh, epic Grateful Dead jams of all time on on his show i love that idea <laughs> that's gonna be so fun yeah that was flattering to be invited to to do his show mm-hmm. that's super cool um i, I want to say a special thank you uh from the bottom of my heart to the entire no simple road family for all the well wishes condolences all the beautiful love that we got last week from you guys uh, it was amazing to see this family step up and help us when we needed you guys. That was fucking rad. Yeah. There's a lot of pouring out of feelings and heartfelt stuff. Yeah. What? Are you spacing out over there? Yeah. <laughs> Mel was like, I just, I wasn't <laughs> on the interview with, uh, Oh, that's right. You so I don't have, I didn't like, I was kind of spacing out while you guys were doing the in- intro. Cause I had <sighs> nothing to do with that, but well, you do have something to do with um, this. I do have something to do with this and I am super grateful for everybody who reached out personally to Aaron, to the show, to me. And just, that's freaking amazing that, in a time where people are always talking about we're so connected, but we're disconnected. Like just hearing people say, Hey man, if you need me, I'm there. You know, when you don't need it and someone says that it doesn't have that much of an impact, but when you do need it and someone says that there is something really beautiful and like comforting about those words. Mm -hmm. I'm here if you need me. Mm -hmm. And you know, virtually is a way now to be for there for somebody. And we we are at that point in time where it does make a difference when somebody sends you a text or a little note or a picture or tries to cheer you up. It means a lot. And we got through this week, um, you know, with a lot of tears and laughter and also with a lot of, like Aaron said, well wishes from you guys. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I hope you enjoyed the episode and cried with us and laughed with us. And we're just grateful. Yeah. Just we're, to know you're here. Like when people say that I'm here, if you need me, yeah. it's the same thing as like, I know you're there even if I don't need you. Yeah. Just knowing that, that everybody yeah. was right behind. That behind was something us. that really blew me away about this whole thing. I said this, I think, to Daniel Shapiro. <coughs> I always wondered when stuff would happen with other people and I would send them a well wish. If it meant anything, if it did anything, like you, you send your condolences or, you know, whatever you say, 
and then it's out there in the ether and who knows and i can tell all of you guys out there for at least for me it made all the difference it it, it was like a a warm blanket when it was cold outside and super super awesome so thanks you guys it really underscored the meaning of the no simple road family to me and showed me what you guys are and who you are as a community and it made me super proud to be doing this with you guys so yeah that that's what happened that was our week i mean yeah. In a nutshell. In a, that's Mel, <laughs> Mel, this is Mel in a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> Let me out of this nutshell. <laughs> um, we got so much fun stuff coming up, you guys. First off is Skull and Roses. If, yeah. if you haven't bought tickets for Skull and Roses, go to skullandroses.com and pick yourself up a ticket. I feel like this is like a home run right out the gate with this lineup. Like, I, usually I don't talk about lineups i know I look at mel i even feel <laughs> dumb saying it like <laughs> who is this melanie and where I have you it. what have you done with her but like seriously it's bec- like there's a lot of people that we have spoken with that are going to be there and so it's like i understand the people that like football and have their team you know like it's like i feel like that's our team up there like that's our festival that we didn't put on, but we got to talk to so many of the artists there that I'm rooting for it and I'm, I'm excited about it. And, and it was a really beautiful time and last year. And like you said, <laughs> what a stellar lineup. Yeah. Like you hear that shit all the time. Like it's a stellar. No, no man, man. For real. This though. is the real deal. Badass. <laughs> like, oh shit. I can't wait. I, ca- I can't wait to see Kim Ock. I can't wait to see Reed. I can't wait to see Billy and O'Teal and all of it. All, just all of it. It's mm-hmm. super exciting. And it's and expanded by. Days. That's what I was. Yeah. yeah. It's expanded by an extra day. It's right on the beach. Like, come on. It's the beginning of the fest. That's that is. Yeah, it's the kickoff. That's the beginning of the festival season. That's really the way is. I want to kick off the festival well, season. We have things. Last year was beautiful. Too. Remember how beautiful it was? It was and like yeah. seventy degrees, perfect weather, right on the ocean. Yeah, here the really? waves. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna be there again, and well, this then, year we hope to have more, even more people come mm-hmm. out and join us. And we'll keep you posted as we get more information. We'll give it to you guys as to how it's gonna pan out, what the scene is gonna be like for No Simple Road at skull and roses we have some things in the works and i will let you know as soon as i find out what's going on what were you gonna say apple oh just i mean before that too i mean that's the first festival but yeah then we got we got mike gordon coming up on the 31st then we got goose opening for pigeons playing ping pong in february yeah mm-hmm. february week after that is going to be andy frasco opening for umphreys mcgee oh my that's god i mean talk sick. about a low energy show it's gonna yeah. be yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's gonna be insane our entire month of february is every Shows. single weekend yeah Shows. twiddles playing j rad gizzard and the wizard lizard lizard um, wizard or lizard wizard and I, wizard li- I, told, I like wizard lizard <laughs> i told you i was in line at dick's to get water and i was talking to this dude and he looked me in the eyes and he said, bro, this show is awesome, but I'm going to tell you something. 
my favorite show I went to all year was King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I was like, really? That's saying a lot standing here at Dick's right now. And he was like, dude, I'm telling you, honestly, you gotta if go. they come to your town, go see them. I was like, okay, I'm in. Are well, we're we, gonna go are see we seeing them? them? Why wouldn't we? I don't know. I just, we haven't talked about it and it starts making me feel like, oh shit, we're like, I have to take all this time That's not off. until later in the, in the summer. Okay. That's Yes, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember. It, yeah, right it's now. it's it's not in right. March. Anyway, there's a lot happening and we hope that if you guys are close by and you're going to be at these shows and you see us there, you come say hi. And if you live in LA um and you're listening to this podcast, come to the Fool Hardy dance uh immersion creative fun experience that uh sydney is throwing it's on the 9th right it's on the 9th of february um you have to go on instagram because i do not know all the information like where it's going to be january did i say february yeah i'm lying guys oh yeah january it's january yeah i'm leaving uh, actually on monday or tuesday yeah mel's gonna be there yeah i am gonna see the baby i'm gonna see the baby (laughs) in the world (laughs) yeah wow but yeah, there's so much going on, guys, that just pick one. Pick one and go to it. Mm-hmm. Come come join us. Come hang out. Come tear up the dance floor. And mm-hmm. and if you yeah. can't make it to hang out with us, just make sure you go see music in your town. Yeah. Whatever's going on. There's so yeah, much support. These guys that are putting their, their asses on the line to entertain you, man. Yeah, at this point, it really doesn't matter who it is anymore. Go see new music. <laughs> like yeah uh, that's something that to uh at the last uh end of 2019 the tail end of 2019 i realized that the show has made it almost like a responsibility in a good way to support local and new and upcoming yeah, music man. period whether it's local in your town or whether you're on vacation and you go down to the fucking you know bar and listen to the piano player or wherever you're at like these people started out just like us and then they did something with their talent and they're like exposing it to everybody and so if you have an opportunity go see some live music and go clap at somebody go yeah it's uh it's important yeah it's important and it makes you feel good so you, it's a it's a win win. Even as sometimes they say. sad music is good to go listen to. That also makes you feel good when you're feeling blue, mm-hmm. and you listen to some like a good Stella Blue or a a Warfrat or the Blues. It, yeah, man, it 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 really underscores and makes you feel sad. Good. I don't yeah. know how to it explain takes you that. To that place. Well, it's like somebody yeah. else that can sympathize. Like exactly. Like hey, man, here. I Let me put that. Oh yeah, right. It's on, like brothers. being able to yeah. console you, you when you're sad. Yeah, you know, when nobody can, you know, like when you're sad, nobody can say the right thing because there's no right thing. You just feel bad, but when you go see music and it like sings to you in that kind of melodramatic way, it suits the doesn't occasion. Doesn't Bob yeah. Marley? If I come running in the room singing, bring you know, roll out the barrels, you're gonna be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I mean, would. I need that. something that I can relate to right now. Isn't that Bob Marley that says, "When the music hits, you feel no pain"? Yeah, I don't know. I think but, it is. Um, Sounds like something he would have said. Cool. It's true. Anyway, check it out, you guys. I'm going to do the business. Then we're going to get to the interview. We're going to keep it brief. 
Follow us on all the social media platforms at No Simple Road. All of them. All of them. Well, I mean, there's a few that we're not on, but Twitter and Instagram uh, at No Simple Road. Facebook at No Simple Road. And we also have the No Simple Road family group. Go over there and join the group and hang out with the rest of the No Simple Road family. Or if Facebook is not your thing, you can go over to Reddit. Facebook is not Discord. my thing. We have a Discord server. It's r forward slash no simple road on Reddit. And then there's the Reddit. Discord server. <laughs> there's the Reddit frog. And you know what? www.nosimpleroad.com has all the past episodes of NSR as well as merch. You can sign up on the family tab for the newsletter. A beautifully well-crafted site by Aaron that you just got to see. Ta-da. People ask me all that. Who do who? Who maintains your guys' web? Like we hire somebody or something? Some I guess people, people do, do that. that. People yeah. ask me where who who do, who does your website and your social media and da da Aaron. <laughs> well well done, conductor. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You, you've been doing a really great job lately. <sighs> I appreciate lately. Like, not Slave not like you. Yeah, not like you didn't at the beginning of last year, but. You I stepped, it stepped it up, and he, and he's gotten more excited and happy about it. Yeah, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You stopped making like it seem like a even job like three, four months ago. You're still like, <sighs> mm-hmm. now you're like, dude, look at this. Look what I do on my storyline. You're like totally into it, and it's so it's cool fun. to see every time I pick up my phone. It's all new to us too. So mm-hmm. when Mel, when we were talking to from the lot. We were talking about his Instagram page and Mel said something. She was like, you're an online museum of Grateful Dead t-shirts from the lot. And it made, it made me think of something. The story is the curation of the things that you enjoyed seeing from your feed. Okay. Yeah. Wait, the story. So an Instagram story yeah. is Oh. The curation of what I like. Everything that caught his eye was like, yeah. ooh, I want to show this That's to Melanie. Cool. Yeah. So I think about that. Like I'm scrolling through Instagram. I'm like, I want to show this to the family. Boom. And it's like curating my favorites mm-hmm. throughout the day. So if you like it. That's Aaron's well. That's what brain it's all about too. Is kind of shouting out each other and reposting yeah. and like showing your appreciation for what everybody's doing. Yeah, yes. it's it's really cool to have a community, and believe it or not, that digital community is a real thing. I know. Oh yeah, it's a connection. Yeah. So, point is, Instagram at No Simple Road, uh, and then also, look, guys, it's the new year and. Everything goes up every year. The cost of stuff goes up every year, and we need your help. Bye, guys. Mel's got to go pick up her mom. Take off your headphones. Oh, anyway. (laughs) Cost of everything like headphones goes up every year when Mel rips them out of her head. We need your help, guys. Go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road and pledge a buck for the new year. As, as a New Year's thing, a resolution, you know what? I listen to That's No Simple awful. Road. I'm going to pitch in with them. I believe in what they're doing. They're good people. They need my help. They have to pay for stuff, and they're giving their time, talent, and creativity to the show. I'm going to give them a dollar a month. So patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. You can give a buck. You can give $1,000 a month if you want. It's up to you. We don't care. Just... Go over a there. Buck and sign is up. awesome. Like we've said many Cute times, dollars. if every if all our listeners gave a dollar, it would be amazing. Things would be a lot different around this house, 
And that's all I have to say about that. So patreon.com forward slash no simple road. And we love you guys. That's the most important part of this thing. And we appreciate each and every one of you that are out there listening. Thanks for listening every week. We have some really amazing shit planned for you for 2020. This year is going to be off the charts. A lot going on. I'm tired just thinking about it. I kind of am at the moment, but also excited. And I I know everybody else out there is. And a shout out to all those people. uh, You may hear this afterwards. A jam cruise kicks off tomorrow, man. Go have fun, you guys. Can't wait. Next year. One year we'll be there with you. Next year we're going to be on the boat. No Simple Road, the voice of jam cruise. (laughs) Hmm. But everybody have a blast, man. It's going to be an amazing cruise. Have fun. Be safe. Hydrate. Hydrate. Safety Safety third. third. I don't know what comes second. What comes second? We have never said what comes second. We've had people ask that. And yeah, you'll have to figure that out mis- on your own. It's a mystery. We have it. It's it's in a locked, hermetically sealed box here in the house. And it's been long enough that none of us remember. I don't even know what it is. Someday we'll find out what number two is. <laughs> Who does number two work for? <laughs> Who does number two work for? All right, guys. All you Biscuits fans out there, all you other fans out there, all you all you out there, we love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. We're going to get you to the interview. Here we go. You ready? I need a drum roll. Without further ado, the No Simple Road Crew gives you John Barber Gawillig from the Disco, Disco Biscuits. Biscuits. So don't say anything untoward. I'm not going to be untoward. You you sometimes are untoward, Apple. Very feeling very toward. Are you? Not untoward. All right. Well, I'm glad. Let's call John. Call John. See what happens. Make him make. Hello. What's up? How you doing? What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Doing really great. Everybody take a breath. <laughs> so we this, made it. We yeah, made man, it we did Saturday. it. Yeah, I, you know, it's all good. I figured it was something like that, and uh, we were just hanging out. And then it's funny, dude. We were like, okay, I guess we're going to go do some Christmas shopping. So we drove down our driveway onto the street, and Apple forgot something. So we turned around <laughs> and came back. And then we left again and we got to the exact same spot and you texted. <laughs> it was like, and the dog was like, our what dog the, is what the freaking fuck out. are you guys doing, man? What is your do- what's the dog doing? He's fucking tripping out. Like, I thought you guys were leaving. I was getting ready to piss in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to meet you, brother. This is Aaron. Hey, Aaron. It's great to meet you. And, and then this is Apple. Thank you for joining us, John. You got two of hey, us today. Apple. Yeah, Mel, All right. Mel, I, I Mel had to work and Ryder's at work, so you got... Okay. Yeah, man. So you were in the studio today, huh? Do you guys ever do podcasts all the way down to one, or do you always have to have at least two to assemble your Voltron? Um, I, I, we've never done we've it with never just done one. It with just it's, one. All, it's always been me and Aaron. His, <laughs> his wife, Melanie, sometimes doesn't make it, and Ryder's work schedule makes him miss quite a few. Right. Voltron's arm would fall off if I tried to do this by myself. You you got the two old, the older cats that are steeped in the uh, jam band community and that are deadheads. (laughs) For sure, man. So, what are you up to? What are you up to today, man? 
You know, we have a, a project called Tractor Beam, which is a very electronic part of the middle of our show. It's, it's kind of our version of drums in space. Mm-hmm. I think, I think for years, I marveled at how weird drums in space were, and how consistently the Dead did it for their entire career. Right. You know, because they weren't. I get it when you're eating sheets of acid, (laughs) but I don't know if I get it if you're trying to sell out huge amphitheaters. And I'm sure they had their issues selling everything out all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. They had some ticket issues. They were a hard ticket band. I'm sure their manager sat down and said, well, if we could remove this mumbo jumbo in the middle and (laughs) add some, you know, some La Bamba or something like that, this band might be a little bigger. And it's, crazy to me that even when i saw the dead they were firmly entrenched in drums and space right and i always ask myself it, what what is the magic there obviously if, if our band did drums in space it would just be a total bite and i don't know total bites i think are just i just think the fan base i just don't feel good doing total bites personally right it's, I like to blame it on the fans, but really it's just I don't want to do a total bite. <laughs> I got it. I Yeah, and Fish does their vacuum cleaner solo thing, so they have their kind of version of drums in space. Yeah. And then I and and I just was wondering like, are we gonna continue that specific concept into what we do? And I've always been like thinking, well, what could we do that would be Similar, but, you know, it's not that hard to be better than three guys playing with no drum sets, random notes, and it's not that hard to be better than a dude playing a vacuum cleaner. You know, I think we could make the best of the mid-second set interlude jam thing pretty easily. I mean, we could play a washboard and probably do better than those guys. (laughs) So the, the bar is set super low. It's a really high chance of success. And we came up with this idea of, you know, getting really deep into like deep playa dance music, international dance music, stuff that as jazz cats is kind of a foreign language. And to make do it in a way where we're not just jazz guys ripping jazz over the general idea, but go deep into the details. And that became this tractor beam project that we're doing. And that's essentially what tractor beam is. We study these like these like psychedelic dance music songs. Um, just like we used to study the dead back in the day. I mean, I know every single flourish in uh, you know, insert dead song here. I mean, most right. of them, frankly. So so we used to go deep on the jam band guys and we figured that out. And but we never went deep on anything else. We went deep on classical a little bit, and we were all deep in jazz before we started the jam band thing. Mm-hmm. But we play mostly dance music, and we never went deep on that stuff. So, so what tractor beam works great for this whole purpose. So, is this something you're toying around with? Like you're working on this of uh, thinking of bringing it into the lo- into the live shows? It's it's in the live. Think if you're like a lot of people call what we're doing now biscuit 3.0 right i don't know if the dead had version numbers like they have more eras the pink yeah. era the right. donna era you know they have more keyboardist eras. we have uh just 
version numbers, 1.0, 2.0, and this is 3.0, and I think the big difference in 3.0 is we have our drum state thing, which is just the band playing very specifically dance music, um, and we do a huge ambient jam before that to set it up. Right. Apparently, I don't say that word correctly, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. What What kind of stuff are you listening to to draw inspiration for it? I think I, I just went to Burning Man a couple of times. Mm. Uh, I went with an old Grateful Dead camp. Oh, wow. So everybody I went with was, I went with the old Deadheads. They just invited me a couple of years ago. It was like all the old Grateful Dead family. And it was me and a bunch of like 55-year-old hard drinkers, you know, taking a little bit of acid and drinking a little whiskey and going out into the playa and, you know, Making fun of stuff, basically. That sounds like the way to do it for me. Yeah, I, I think you guys would fit in with that crew pretty well. <laughs> so that's the crew I went with. So the one thing I noticed was it's the same kind of music everywhere you go. And it's all this like, psychedelic trance music, which is it's made all over the world. It's played all over the world. And it just sounds kind of the same. And I just, for some reason, being a curious musical person, I just got home and I was like, okay, who are all the artists and what's all the music and Mm -hmm. what did I just listen to? And I just went deep on it. And then I got kind of deeper into the burn community and deeper into the, uh, just my friends in on the West coast, I moved to the West coast and everybody was all about it on the West coast. We went deep on the whole thing. Um, and now I'm kind of bringing that kind of stuff, you know, back to our, it's, it's, it's interesting because you hear the difference between the jazz philosophy and the jam philosophy. Um, there's a lot of huge differences. It's very vibey. It's very different. Yeah. And yeah. So we do. We, I, I was just telling Apple today and tell me if I got this completely fucking wrong, <laughs> but like yeah. with the jam community, it, it seems like the music is tension and release where it's, it builds and, and then they'll melt your face off and then release. And with you guys, what you're doing lately seems to me more building atmosphere and texture. For sure. And we've always done that. Uh, we just are, we, I think mean, music, I mean, Mozart was tension and release. Like tension and release is built into the, the harmon the way humans perceive the harmonic changes. Right. And that's just like, I mean, when you eat, like what's the difference between a, a, a spark plug and a graham cracker, you know, it's just your stomach has a different perspective on one versus the other, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. if you ate a spark plug and you ran around the yard and had a great time, we'd all <laughs> eat spark plugs every day. So <laughs> we have these like natural human responses to stuff. And tension release is just the way music is responded to. And jam fans are going to take advantage of that because we're going to feel that as humans. Right. Like a robot jam band might not do that. And, but we do, um, you know, I think Fish really did that in a very, in a very huge way with the lights and the whole thing. So we kind of shied away from it and tried to do other stuff. I don't think the dead did it that intensely either. Mm, um, no, they did it more musically. Like they, like the middle of Uncle John's band was a big tension and release, and they would Correct. put stuff in that did it uh, their kind of own way. Yeah, you brought up something too that you and I have in common, man. Is that 
drums in space for me was always like this magical part of the show where music ceased to be music and it became more uh, nonverbal communication between the crowd and the band on a, a different level. And I, when I would get bootlegs and stuff, I would always go to that because I wanted to know what the fuck was going on. Like, where does the transition happen? How is it, how is it switching over? Cause it seems to me like at some point during the show in that second set, when you've been marinated, there's a moment that everything flips and it, it changes everything. And so I really wanted to understand that and, and be in it as much as possible. And you brought that up and, and figuring that out, like, do you feel like you've navigated that and figured out what it's all about at this point? I mean, you just saying that right now opens up a whole new thought process that I'm going through right now, which is I never even thought of it that way. Why would you start with space? But I now have a memory. I actually did the same thing. Oh, when wow. I used to get it like cassette. Remember when you get the, used to get the cassette? Yeah. I used to start with space yep. just because it was crazy. It was, and like sometimes, and you'd never listen to it again. You'd listen to it one time mm-hmm. and just be like, wow, what the hell was that? And then you'd go to the other side of the tape and you'd listen to, you know, the normal stuff. Right. Um, yeah, it was weird. And, and I think when the dead did their reunion shows in Santa Ana, uh, Mickey and Billy brought out this huge train horn. Yes. And turned it up to 11 <laughs> and just blew the whole place out. And at that point, I was like, you know, here they are. Jerry's not even there anymore. And the drums part of the show is the loudest and most like shocking and musically noticeable. And it was a moment for the whole crowd. Right. And I was here these guys are like, I've been in like a 20 years at that point. We don't do anything like that. And I'm watching these guys still do it. And I'm like, there's something. What are these guys doing? Like, this is crazy. But it's like, wow, that was an amazing moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is a mind blowing moment. We saw the, we saw that in Chicago, the fairly well. And there's one point we all looked at, it was like, is he playing the fucking train horn? He had like that board with several of them attached to it. And it's like, yep, he's playing the fucking horns. And it was amazing. Like who else is going to do that? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to see that at a Leonard Skinner concert. You're not going <laughs> to no. see that at a Michael Jackson concert. You're not going to, but you might see that in a deep trance song. You might. Okay. So, so that's what I liked about it. I kind of saw, and it, it, those things were, I kind of saw similarity there. It's like very, 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 very experimental, but there are certain rules in that world. And then there's no real rules in drums and space, which is kind of what's great about it. And there's just some magic there. It was just another one of those, those giant pile of brilliant decisions that that band made when they were coming through their their path. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed with you guys, too, is the rhythmic rhythmic pattern. You guys are, are you'll stick with a pattern and make it so that people are locked in to that frequency. And yeah, it. Is that is that an intentional thing with you guys to like bring people in to create the landscape for them? Yeah, it, it serves a lot of purposes. One is the crowd syncs up with the rhythms, mm-hmm. 
So if you're at the show, sometimes on the stream, you can see the people move. Like I can actually like choose notes. And if I choose them in that kind of danceable rhythm that I'm already in, I can literally watch the crowd jump up and down with the notes that I'm playing, which oh, is super shit. wild. Holy Just, shit. It's really crazy. Um, happened a lot last week. Uh, it's just happening more and more. Another thing that it does is it provides kind of uh, a less chaotic improv um, than you might get from a different kind of band. It provides stability for the other members of the band so they can rely okay. on what you're doing and then they can do other stuff. Wow. All right. Wow. It's like, it, 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 to me, it sounds like painting a canvas with one or two colors so that the others can paint over it with yes. yeah. yeah there's always a foundation that yeah so yeah and in our band the foundational person doesn't have to be like a foundational person in the dead was probably billy and maybe keith you know yeah and then jerry would be soloing and who knows what phil's doing and <laughs> so you'd have that like central rock between phil and jerry right and in our band, um, we try and move the central rock around. So uh, people, t then when you're central rock, you play that like kind of central rock role, which is I want people to be able to get what I'm going to be doing next pretty quickly by listening to what I'm doing right now. And one way to do that is to repeat the rhythm pretty specifically. That's, that's, that's somebody, that, see that shows that you've been a student and that you've paid attention and learned not just the mechanics and fundamentals of playing your instrument, but the actual effect of the rhythm and frequency on human beings. I mean, yeah, it's very wild. I'm still astonished by it today. I mean, we had a moment, we played a, maybe like a 1200 person club. It was, for us, it's a pretty small place. And the way that the room was bouncing around, seems like they were it didn't seem like music was moving them it seems like some other force was moving them around that's so fucking cool i know that sounds weird but no that's that's badass that's what it's all about as far as i'm concerned i i wait for that when i'm at shows i that's why i show up i'm i'm looking for that and when that moment happens that's when i don't know man for for me as a listener that's when i feel the most me or the most in control of the world around me is when that other thing takes over. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And it's super humbling as a musician because you're kind of in control of it, mm -hmm. but you're kind of not in control of it. Like at any point it could just stop at any point you can do something and it gets crazier <laughs> and like you kind of try and play into it. But it's like walking into a room with a blindfold on. Like you have to trial and error your way through it a little bit, especially when it comes out of improv. And you just, one part of the improv is normal and the next part of the improv is, is popcorn. And you don't know, you know, when that's going to happen. Maybe the room got excited. Who knows? Yeah. No, I'm curious. Is, is that how, I mean, like recently, some of your recent shows we've been listening to, like in Florida, that... Is that how like a fifty-seven minute crickets happen? I mean, do do you guys go on stage like we're going to do a really long version of this, or it just it just does it just happen? Oof, I mean, I don't know how to say this, but 
That cricket should have been 23 minutes long. We just fucked up. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, you guys do some long jam. It's one of mine and Aaron's yeah. favorite things. It's like, don't play that at a party with, uh, like, it's my turn to pick a song. Well, I'm going to put on a 57 minute yeah, song. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to be listening to what yeah. I want to do for a long time. It's a real problem. <laughs> I mean, the problem with our band is like, okay, so most bands, the dead did this really well through their career. Um, and you'll hear it in the guise of the world, something like that, where the chord progression is always there, even if they leave it. And it's a real bluegrass thing that I think Jerry brought in from bluegrass. And you hear it a lot in old school jazz from the sixties and like miles stopped doing it. But before miles, like everybody was right on that chord progression all the time. Like Charlie Parker is exactly on the chord progression. Even if you can't hear it, it's there. Mm-hmm. And the way the bisc that's your rock in early improv music is that the harmony structure is always there. And the biscuits, and you can hear us doing it early in our career, and I just never liked it personally, and the other guys in the band didn't like it, and Miles Davis didn't do it on Bitches Brew, which meant it wasn't necessary. <laughs> so, you know, like, that was a bar for me for a while. Like, is it, is it, did Miles do it on Bitches Brew? Yes, okay, you probably need to do it. If not, no. So, I didn't really believe that anymore, but for a couple of years, that was the way, that was the way I figured everything out. Um, but like what we do now is we try and change the harmony progression just as whimsically as you might change the notes of your melody. Mm, okay. And so what that means is people guess what might be cool and they might guess cool and you might guess other cool and you get these collisions wow. like a, large caledron collider type of collision yeah. where I think one chord is coming and you think, and you're like, Oh, I definitely think he wants to do this chord or this chord would be sick. And we do a lot of that harmonic stuff and it creates these huge collisions. And in that particular cricket, I haven't listened to it yet. Um, but there were two massive collisions that I remember went wildly out of control. <laughs> okay. That sounds fun. <laughs> where, yeah, where I was just like standing there on stage going, I just got completely wrong. And, you know, we can fix that. We can go back and we can fix that. And we can have conversations where everybody knows what they're supposed to do and, and the, the T's are dotted. And we can fix that. And other bands do. And then whenever we sit down and we decide to fix it, we like lose interest and do something else. Start, like, nobody cares. Start spacing no out. Oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, totally. like, it's like it's like fucking walking into a room of mafiosos and trying to find out who did it. It's like nobody messes <laughs> no, yeah, up to anything. Not the whole room's like, yeah, you were off your mark, man. It, well, it's also like fucking doing a podcast and writing a list of questions beforehand. It's it it takes the we never it takes yeah, the we juice do. out of the show. We did that me, when man. we first like, started, yeah. and it just ruined interviews to be like because then you're anticipating <laughs> and you're asking a question like we didn't get to this question, and it makes it not a not and, a fluid conversation. Yeah, and, and fun. The, yeah, you, those collisions yeah. are what make music fun. I mean, dude, that's what I'm talking about. I go back to my house, I sit down, I, I'm like going through the, what we did at the tour. I'm trying to get the next leg of the tour ready. And all I see is people send me messages. 57 crickets is insane. And I'm expecting 57 crickets. You guys fucked up massively twice. That's what I'm expecting. And nobody's getting that. We don't hear that. Nobody's getting that because it's music. (laughs) It's 
it's not it's not banking you know like music is right 97 percent of the time yeah it's not accounting yeah yeah it's, it's, not, it's not it's hard to do it wrong kind of in a way and i think you know everybody's making pretty educated guesses so what i think is what was supposed to happen is just what I was perceiving the jam to be at that moment of the jam. And other guys in the jam were perceiving the jam to be something entirely different. Mm. Yeah. And we moved the harmonies around a lot and it creates those situations where, um, the harmony doesn't really, it's not the rock anymore. And the rhythm is the rock. And we run into these situations all the time. Sometimes we all get differently and we all get something beyond great. And I think that probably happened at the end of that cricket. So we, we probably had one connection and then we had another one. And then there's a third one that's probably ridiculous that I probably don't even remember. Maybe didn't even hear. And, you know, the dead used to say it too. Like we tell ourselves, um, cause I think there's this grateful dead interview where Jerry's like threw a bottle at Phil's head after a show. Oh, and then yeah. he went back and listened to it. And it's like the best jam from the old world. Yep. I've heard the same story. <laughs> and we, yeah, we say that to each other when we walk off stage. We walk off stage and we're like, I don't know what happened. Everything was wrong. And we just say, you know, throw a bottle of Phil's head and then get and then regret it later. Like, <laughs> you don't, well, that's you, the shit that you, keeps you stretching, too. Yeah, you don't know what happens standing on stage. The fans know because they're able to listen to the whole thing. But in the band, you're not, it's, it's hectic up there. It's pure chaos up there. And Crickets is a fast song and stuff's coming by quick. And the whole room loves that song and everybody's jumping around and it's just pure chaos. That, that sounds okay. So for somebody that has given the answers to the questions that we've asked that, that you've given for the, your perspective on things, you had to have some extremely formidable psychedelic experiences in your life. So do you remember the first one that, really rang your bell that you were like, Oh shit, this is bigger than, than I imagined. I think one time we were driving along the garden state art center and I think our stuff kicked in a little quick Mm -hmm. and we kind of started drawing fractals on the dust on the inside of the windshield. And we could no longer see through the windshield. Oh, shit. And we would look away and then look back at the windshield and there are the lines. And luckily it was late at night and there was nobody on the road. (laughs) And the lines are going by. And then you look at the windshield and the whole windshield crackles out. Oh, shit. And we pulled off the road. And I think we were probably driving seven miles an hour on the (laughs) parkway for one minute. You know, which is all, a terrible idea at all. So luckily there's nobody in the road. We got off the road and stuff like that. Um, and then was when I was like, I, you can't even see through a windshield if this stuff won't let you. Right. You know, like your body allows you to see through a windshield. It's possible you can't, even though it's glass. That was an eye-opening experience. Yeah, yeah, I do never. It's weird, be- right? There was just, just enough dust on the inside of the windshield, and you start noticing it instead of just looking right past it. You start seeing these tiny little things, and then they meld together. And then the next thing you know, the lines on the road are gone. Yeah, you're starting to see the fucking fabric of reality itself break apart. And you realize, oh shit, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. And 
then, I mean, were you playing music at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was, I, I think we were like, we had, um, like a four or five year period where I wanted to be a professional musician. The bass player wanted to be a professional. I think everybody wanted to be a professional musician, but we hadn't really, you know, we were playing shows, we were doing stuff, but I mean, I made like, a, a, I think I made a, like a hundred dollars a week. Oh, wow. um, and so it was just like, what well, didn't really feel like a job. And at the time I was just writing music. I didn't really care, but I think all the family members and the parents and stuff were all really, I don't know about what everybody else is doing. Right. And it just felt like it. So it felt like to me, we were in the band then, but I don't think it felt like to everybody that the band was even a thing. Okay. That makes sense. What, what turned it around? What, like we had like 10 what, originals. What made it click? What made you guys decide, okay, you know what? Fuck it. This is it. We're doing it. I think we got a uh, non-local booking agent, like not a Philadelphia college frat booking agent. We got a guy who booked bars all over the Northeast. And then um, we got a van and we were able, and a trailer, and we were able to go to New Hampshire, go to Albany. We were able to go to Wetlands in New York. Mm. And we were able to play these places where other bands played and we were outside of the Philadelphia scene and we were able to kind of like compete on that lower level of bands. Right. And there was a, there was a popping little scene back then. There were a bunch of, there was a bunch of bands, you know, um, Mo had just come out of that scene and made it into like kind of bigger rooms. And so we were like, we we saw those guys do it. We saw Mo when they were in, like I saw Mo a Wetland show with like five bands on it. Damn. So we saw them come through that same scene. So suddenly we were on that same path and we we're like, Oh wow. You know, we could play and we could play with Mo in these bigger rooms at some point in time. And like, you know, and then we got, they actually threw that opportunity at us pretty quick. They were super cool about that. They gave us a lot of our early breaks. So we, um, so there was like a, it was a welcoming into scene out of Philadelphia with like a, a real out of, a wetland big, I think. Yeah, that that was a crazy big venue, and playing there had to be huge. And like and that, that time in music, we talked about this before. It was very interesting too, because it was like you know, right after Garcia passed in '95, you know, from '96 on, there was a lot that broke out. The jam and scene was kind of being being born in a in a weird kind of a way because before that was really just the dead and fish and a couple of other bands doing their thing and then when garcia passed it opened up this whole thing everybody started doing their thing when garcia passed what was that 95 right yeah Yeah. i was going to shows all the time Mm -hmm. playing a ton of guitar um writing music all the time um, I had already gone through Stevie Ray Vaughan's passing, so it wasn't like so. So as far as like guitar heroes for me, like Stevie Ray Vaughan died like two years before that, and I was a little younger and in high school, and I took that one kind of hard. And then when Jerry passed, it, it it was kind of more like musically inspiring and less emotionally bad. I don't know, maybe it's just older, but yeah, no, he was I, older I too. Stevie Ray was kind of a tragedy, and Jerry was like kind of like a 
you know, we saw it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Guy did everything he's possibly going to do on the planet. You know, guys, we need to, we need another planet for this guy. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, uh, and so like I, that was, that was happening a lot. That was the mode I was in back then. A lot of guitar. And, you know, there was a lot of psychedelics being done and a lot of like, even just normally social places. Um, I used to go to a party and then the party would all take mushrooms and I would take some mushrooms and then I would just go home and play guitar. <laughs> and everyone would be like, everyone would be like, where were you last night? And then I'd be like, I don't know. I just, I played, I went and wrote music all night. Like a dummy. Like you guys all had a really good time. I wrote, you know, Magellan. I wrote in that exact situation. Wow. There's a bunch of songs where, where like there was a party and then. I just left the party and went and played instruments. I was kind of known for that for a while in college, and nobody knew why I was doing it because there was no band. <laughs> it's, it, you know what? That's it's funny, man, because we talk to a lot of artists that kind of have the same story. Like I've asked a lot of people, so did you ever want to do anything else? And I would say to the person, everybody's like, "No, nope, I could never imagine myself being anything other than what I am right now." And when it's just part of you then that thing it it takes over and drags you out of a party on mushrooms to go home and write yeah i think i think it's a little bit like that and a little bit like wow these things make this party really awkward it's a little easier to sit down and play guitar and have to talk to these random people uh well you know yep and and they want to talk about normal stuff. They want to talk about college and admissions and school and getting around Philadelphia before Uber and all this stuff. <laughs> You're like, I'm I'm on another plane right now. You're wasting time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like, I think I can write a perfect guitar like this sounds like water. And they're like, uh, what did you just say? <laughs> I love it. That's oh, fucking yeah. rad, man. So, go ahead, Apple. Oh, well... On, on that, oh, I forgot what I was going to ask. I had a question there, and then you I started were, laughing, and it like the laugh blew the question out of his brain. Okay, that's a, a that's total a brain fart, look. dude. So, yeah. John, man, not only are you guys playing tons of shows every year, but you also have a podcast, and you guys also do a festival. Like, how do you manage all of that? That's a lot, dude. Uh, let me tell you, the podcast, is ch- I do the podcast because I feel like it's a real, it really helps people understand the music on a level like, um, I guess the, the example that I use is I was at Thanksgiving and we the whole family was watching football and they called a clipping penalty. And my mom standing right next to me says, that wasn't clipping. And, and my mom doesn't watch football. You know what I mean? <laughs> how does she know? And I looked at, ah, I was like, how do you know what a clipping penalty is? And it occurred to me that the NFL has educated her in the past 20 years on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. Oh, wow. Like, it just, I haven't She's retained it to her. some things. Yeah, they figured out how to educate a person who watches 20 minutes a year once a year. And, and they figured it out. And, she knows what a clipping penalty is, and thus she can, you know, she for the football that she does watch, she gets to enjoy it a little bit more because she understands it better. They do the work of yeah. educating the people who watch the shows. 
And so I feel like the podcast is me doing that work for the people who watch the Disco Biscuit shows. Because Disco Biscuit shows, is, there is a lot of improv. There is a lot of experimentation going on. And a lot of that experimentation with a simple explanation makes a lot more sense to the listener. Wow. And so that, that's what my podcast is in essence. Doing it every other week on clockwork like I do it is like having a, 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 a final exam every two weeks. But, you know, it's crazy. I don't know how you guys do it. Well, one thing about doing this too, like what you're just saying is one thing we love about it. Cause now when, you know, when we're done with this interview today, I'm going to listen to you guys differently. Now I'm going to listen to that crickets tonight and I'm going to look for that. You like you look do in the, the podcast. Yeah. That's one thing we love to do is get to know artists and have our listeners get to know them. It makes it more personal, uh, you know, closer to it you. Creates you, a connection. Yeah, and you look at it a different way, like that. How you just said, you know, little explanations sometimes mean a lot. We get that a lot of times. I go back and I don't hear the band. I hear the band in a better way, in a different way, with a different and, with a different set of ears, completely. Yeah, and and also the idea to mm-hmm. explain the jam, John, is fucking genius, dude. That's that's huge to me. I. I got to commend you on that. Like, because it's such an interpretive thing. It's so open ended. It could mean anything to anybody when they listen. But like you said, with a little explanation, you can understand the intention behind the thing from the band. So now you're hearing the music in a way, in a completely different way. Yeah, that's the goal, to, to give people a vocabulary that they can use to describe it if they don't have a vocabulary. I mean, a lot of times the fans come up with terms that work better than the ones that we use. Right. And some, and we use those terms, and to use their terms to describe music is really reaffirming for their conversations. And it just kind of closes the loop between the band and the fans in a really kind of welcoming and really happy like i just really like the results of the podcast i really like the way that people are listening i like the fact that we're doing even crazier musical experiments now and we just set them up a little bit and people then are kind of they're going along for the ride they're watching the iteration of the new music and now i've even taken to putting songs in before they're done oh shit really so if you're listening to touchdowns all day you're going to hear some unfinished biscuits music. Oh no no, I'm putting it on in state on with the biscuits. Oh, oh shit. I, okay. And perform okay. Yeah, like that's the music that's the band, you know? So I was doing what you're talking about. I was like on touchdowns all day trying to play a new demo every four episodes or something like that, just to keep a like a regular schedule to it. Mm-hmm. But I had too many demos and <laughs> they weren't the best segments of the podcast. Right. And so I just dumped them all into the band for the last tour. And there's a bunch of new stuff in the last tour. And, you know, I don't care if it's done or not. We can talk about it on the podcast. And as I change it and write it, you know, you get to watch it evolve, which I think people in like 71, I think Casey Jones went through a couple evolutions. And like, there's some songs at different tempos from back. I think early grade for bed used to do that. I know Otis Redding did it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of just following that path of like, we'll put the music in when it's good enough to play. And then the band, honestly, if something's 70% done, like once the band practices, it's usually 95% done anyway. So that's, that's something that's really 
cool and unique about music today as opposed to back in the 60s or 70s, even the 80s, is that we have the opportunity to be involved in a community with the bands that we love in a completely immersive, different way than we had back then. I, I can actually mm-hmm. access these people that are making the music that has changed my world and, 100%. and, and be involved with them on a level of a podcast or a web show or whatever. And so you get to know those people and it becomes even more part of your life where, I mean, it was fun, man, back in the day, writing fan letters to bands and stuff like that, but you rarely got a response. You didn't know. You didn't know if they ever (laughs) saw it, but now you're getting a fucking DM back. Yeah. To know that the band you're listening to is listening to you. Like you were saying on your podcast, that, that means a lot as a spectator, as a fan. It's like, Oh, they really are getting what I'm saying. And it creates a community out of the whole thing. It, It, that's what like binds us all together as family is that right there. It's like, we love this thing and this thing actually cares about us back. And so I think that's, that helps in making the whole connection between the, the fan experience and the band experience even larger. Yeah. The podcast really creates that. I can feel it. I can tell the difference in my relationship to the fan base and the way that the fans are hearing the new stuff. It's super positive and it gives me the, it gives the band the ability to, you know, take more risks and then do more cool stuff. And so we, we're kind of like changing ourselves in a more drastic way, in a faster way. And that's a good thing for us. You know, we've been a band for a long time. We know how to do what we do. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Um, but we forget that back in the day, we discovered it. Oh, wow. And there were fans that were on the ride with us we're watching us discover it. So once we discovered our like disco biscuit style of, you know, rotating in techno with melodies and changing harmonies, once we discovered like we do it really well right now, we're still getting better at it, but there was a point where we didn't do it at all. And we were like chipping away at it and um, figuring it out. Yeah. And the fans that were on board during those years, once we figured it out, we probably changed for them because they, from what and there was a Max Dawson episode, I think episode eighteen of the Pet Sounds All Day podcast, where Max was on tour just for that discovery segment, and then he moved to Australia. Oh. Um, and so he was there, and he was our historian, and it was so interesting to hear his perspective of that time period. And the only reason he's going so deep with me is because he's on a podcast. Like we're in my living room, he'd never go that deep. You know, you'd, you'd oh, be yeah. like, "Yo, we're." Where are the Jello shots? You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> Load that bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, we, we, like, yeah it's easier to get distracted and pulled away from it. Yeah, the fact that the fans are listening gets him to a point where um, he's got to perform too, and he's got to dig into that story and get to some like real conversation. And I'm listening to him, and I'm like, wow. The, if we are changing everything up all the time and we are looking for new sounds all the time, uh, that discovery process is part of the show. It's part of what people come to see. And that's what, you know, we're doing a lot of that now. And the podcast makes all that possible. I love podcasting. You guys have been doing it for a long time, though. Like, I look at your show as like the gold standard oh, man, of podcasting. On. So we, we look at you guys and we're like, wow, we got to somehow 
we did the website. We looked at your website. We made a website. <laughs> Thanks, We're trying man. to figure oh, that, this thing out. That means a lot, Thank, dude. Yeah. That, that really does mean a lot, brother. Thank you, man. That, That's, it's, that, it's only been two years, dude, and we're winging it, man. <laughs> just well, like you guys that's were figuring it we were, out. We were talking about this recently. I used to always think, you know, with, with a band, it's like, hey, man, how do they get up there and do that night after night? And we've kind of learned. There's been time the other day I was I was feeling sick as shit and we had to do an interview and it's, it's like, oh, my God, I can't. As soon as we crack the mics, it's like, hey, welcome. <laughs> to, you know, you like all of a sudden yeah, it's I, like you summon that. And it's like I got a responsibility to myself and to these people, to the people that, that, that are helping fuel this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You got to you got to somehow put your radio voice on a little bit and well, keep yeah. it tight. Or just get, get it together. Just get it together and. and- Pull yourself together enough to be engaged with the thing that's happening. I've, I've, like what Apple said, I've wondered that about you guys and everybody else that gets up there and jams for four hours. Like, there's nights when you have a headache or a fucking stomach ache. You had shits earlier that day. You don't want to, you, you're arguing with somebody. You don't fucking feel like it. Well, and we learned as we got older, too, that every, we used to think, I, you probably might have went through this, we used to think that every performance the Grateful Dead ever did, that they were all on acid. Every time. And every band, you know, it's like, how can you play that music if you're not high as a fucking kite? And then you learn, it's like, oh, yeah, you can't be there all the time. It kind of... But you, once you've been there, you stay there. You don't always have to get, buy the ticket to get there. Acid on stage is a weird experience. If you take too much, you're in a really bad place because you can't, like the windshield story from earlier, you stop right. being able to hear the music entirely and you start focusing on little things. But no one else in the room can knows what you're focusing on because it's all in your head. Yeah, you're over in the corner so, looking in the mirror, getting weird with yourself, and everybody's like, where's yeah. John at? <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful about that. But if you take a little bit, it turns everyone into like kind of a seductive snake charmer. Like all of your lines have a certain to them. And in that mode, guitar playing is maybe the most fun thing you can do on earth. I don't know if the other guys <laughs> in the band, I mean, they obviously play their instruments, but it's really when you get, when you get that little, just a little bit of snake charmer into everything that you're doing, where everything just kind of moves in a very silky and, and seductive and hypnotic way. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do that sober. Right. Um, it is hard to, you can have the same, it's hard to, it really is hard to make those decisions sober. Um, it, it's a very weird thing. It's a different decision set. It's like uh, the priorities of the brain get completely swapped out for a whole different set of priorities. And to predict what that set of priorities is, is almost impossible. Yeah. yeah. What it opens up <laughs> the, cha- the channel. I mean, to me, it opens up like you open those doors, those windows, that it, 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 it makes it easier to channel because we all do channels yeah, stuff well, when it, you get there. It's the same thing from the fan experience, at least for me, man, like dancing at a show i can i can feel the music dancing sober at a show of course and i groove and get my boogie on but it's a completely different thing when there's something added to it and the that wall is knocked down and that's and a the, great way to put the snake charmer because yeah. you get that feeling it's like oh yeah. it's a little bit silky <laughs> yep the hypnotic part of it is a huge the meditative huge part of it now i am of the belief that the the crowd can do whatever they want the band, if the band just plays great, even if the band is 
completely sober, um, then the the acid experience or the whatever the experience of the fans is will probably be pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think the band has to augment that way for the audience to have a really really amazing time. Right. And I think there's something to be said for the band to walk on stage and just be consistent uh, in some shape. Like if it's one night, if it's complete this, and another night it's complete that, it's like, you know, there's a certain amount of people that like that, but a lot of people that's like too much uh, for them, too many changes. They need a little bit of consistency. Mm -hmm. But I think if you have, once you get consistency, you can augment a little bit here, a little bit there. And, um, and sometimes just like a baseball player, you can get in an improv rut. Just really? like every line you played, you played it last week. I played it yesterday. Ugh, not this line again. Oh my God. Those guys are doing that. Like you go, you can slump just like a baseball player can slump. And, um, mushrooms is the cure for slumps. I don't know if it works for baseball players, but it works for musicians a lot. Wow. That, that's saying so a lot. Be- yeah, you can slump. You've been on a tour for a minute. Like, sure, for sure, 100%. So speaking of augmentation, uh, as somebody that's never been to Camp Bisco, what could mm-hmm. I what could I expect coming to your guys' festival? Camp Bisco is a really, really electronic festival. It is a base festival. Um, Camp Bisco uh, is... is just it is what it is. Um, it has evolved into that on its own, and it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you like bass music, Camp Bisco is arguably the best bass music festival in the country. I mean, bass music and the water park and the vibe and Scranton is just just loves to have the festival. Like there's a there's there's a real like the, Scranton takes care of the festival in a way that I, I rarely see, wow. and it's really great and. Um, it's just, it's a super great experience and it's a basement experience and the biscuits play a ton. It's fantastic for that. Um, I think that having like a more musician experience with the disco biscuits in a festival format, like we're playing electric chorus this year, that kind of goes back and forth a little bit. You got spring keys yeah. and some musical bands, but they have the big bass element too. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what exactly would be the right call. I right, think no, that I now you. that, you know, it's a weird thing for me because the biscuits are new to me. Like the, the tractor beam segments, all the new music, the way that we're playing, the vibe amongst the band members, the vibe with the fan base, the existence of the podcast. It just feels like a new disco biscuit to me. Like I feel like I have a job I've never had before. Wow. Which is working for a band. Like, yeah, we do the same stuff that we did back in the day, but it's only a tiny piece of it. Now there's all this new stuff that always we're, we have other people helping us work on stuff. Like, like I have a guy who's helping. He's like kind of a coach, if you will. Like he listens to stuff. And we can talk to him about it, um, and so it's almost like it's kind of half psychologist, half coach, but really allows you to ask honest questions about what you're doing on stage and get honest answers. It's just hard with a fan, and it's hard with a business person. Yeah, a fan um, is going to be like everything you do is awesome, and a business person's yeah. not going to be listening for that other side of things. So you have somebody that's right. in between that can help you navigate. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, there's somebody who knows you could have played that better on guitar, you know? Like, right. your business people don't really know when you shank something and you didn't have to shank it. <sighs> uh, and fans are going to 
to figure out a reason why that shank is amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Which I love. I'm not, but it's nice that we actually have people in our in our group now that they're just there to give us someone to talk to. But you what, know, just objectively about the music. Yeah, and what what an awesome accomplishment in just for one person's life, just you, to have something that has grown from you and your friends playing music together into this entire universe, community, festival, uh, podcast, all of it. Like, think about that from the inception of you taking mushrooms and leaving the party to go write music to right now talking to us here. That's fucking gigantic, man, and really admirable and, and beautiful to have done that and to still feel like it's new because some yeah, people, yeah, that's a gift, man. Like some people would be like, well, I've been doing this for 20 whatever years. And you know, we get out there, we hack it out every night. And we, no, man, you're up there. Like <laughs> we're fucking, this is something brand new and I'm still digging into trying to figure out what it's all about and trying to help my fans figure out what it's all about. That's fucking rad brother. Well, thanks, and I agree. I, they, I never thought of it that way, but you're 100 percent right. And and there have been years where it was hacking it out, and those were those. And I gotta honestly, I, I look back at that and I, I blame myself. You know, like if the band, if I felt like we were hacking it out, that's my fault. That's a perspective. That's, that's you, yeah. I I had I could have done all the stuff that we're doing now ten years ago. But, it, but this is part of the ride. I, you weren't where you are now then. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't have the same head on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the same. I didn't have the same perspectives. The world is changing a lot now. Right. Yeah. And it's easy for me to say, okay, well, let's change this, and for everybody to be like, sweet, we're changing. Things are changing. Change is good. When mm-hmm. like ten years ago, it was like, no, don't change anything. You guys, this is good. We have a we have a, we have a concept. People like it. Let's just deliver it more consistently. I don't know what it was, but it, it, it's, now it's like there's this, like the, the whole community that is aware of us seems to be like, yeah, change that, change mm-hmm. that. You know, oh, we've loved that for years. Go ahead, change it. You know, and then nobody cares anymore. I mean, everybody's super positive about stuff. And it really, it really helps. Well, that um, speaks to having an established yeah. fan base, man. That that is, that's people that have been on the ride with you, and understand that it's okay to do things differently than you did it last night, and that are willing to take the risk with you because they like what you do. Doesn't have to be the same. I feel like that about all the bands I listen to. Like, I don't want the next album to sound like the last. I that fuck man. I already got that. I had that meal already, you know, make me something different. If it's going to be however long between albums, I want, I want to taste something different. I want to keep eating dinner with you, but yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, today I went to a a coffee shop in town that my buddy who makes coffee, he makes bicycle coffee. And he, uh, I went to this place just because they sell his coffee. It's the only place near sells coffee. And I got an egg sandwich, which is what the same thing I eat every day. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was the best egg sandwich I've had in a long, long time. So <laughs> there's something to be said for like, 
Consistency. Making egg sandwich. <laughs> a little bit better than it was yesterday. <laughs> I'm with you, man. All right, so we're going to balance. It's a, it's a balance between the. I think you can make the better egg sandwich if you don't realize you're making another egg sandwich. Oh shit! If yes. You don't, you don't realize it. Like I think the biscuits. We're going to be the biscuits. We're not going to turn. I'm not going to start. You know, we're not going to turn into some other thing. We're still going to be us. But and our our meal is going to taste like we cooked it. But. It's going to have different spices. It's going to have different looks. It's going to have a different vibe. A little and side order this. Fair- <laughs> and there's going to be different chemistries in there, and there's going to be different explosions. And, <laughs> and that's what makes it fucking awesome and fun. Yeah, right? that's what's fun about yeah, it, for man. sure. And also, like, talking to you guys is a real, is a, like, it's a, it's amazing that I get to do stuff like that, too. Really, like, that's how we know. feel. That's exactly yeah. how we feel, man. Like, I, I stand back and step outside of myself on the regular and go, wow, look what you're doing right now. You wouldn't have thought you were doing, would be doing this five years ago. Like, holy shit. And it's, it's awesome. And the thing that I think for me, I get out of it the most is this feeling of connection and it deepens the understanding and community aspect of this music that has completely altered my life and that that's rad and i feel like that's what you get out of it too like you're you're delving into these other realms of musicality and it's making you more connected with the people that listen to it and it's building that community and that's i mean what more if you look at the world today bro (laughs) what more could we ask for yeah, and there's like a weird joy embedded in the community. Uh, it's just, it's there. It's palpable. There's just a, a weird happiness that I'm like been kind of riding on for a few weeks now since like the, the whole band has been, we've been setting up tours and band base is really happy and putting in all these new songs and the podcast has been a huge success and, and it just, it feels to me, it's like a reason to get out of bed in the morning. There's a reason to do a really good job every day. Uh, it's exciting. I'm excited to be, everything I'm doing now, I'm really excited. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Your, your podcast is amazing. And, Thanks, man. And me having a chance to podcast a little bit is really great. And I don't know. I, it's a really good time. I'm excited about it. Right on, man. Hey, well, and our, our community, I just I love like thank you so much for coming on the show. We see this so much in our community of uh, musicians and everything that are so accessible. Like you want to know us, we want to know you. Yeah. Like we going through this podcast, we've gone through ideas of like, hey, let's reach out to actors and this and that. There's not quite the same thing. It's no. like the open arm. Like I want to, I want to hear what you have to say. Mm-mm. A lot of other entertainment areas i guess are not uh they could learn something from our community mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i have a little i have a little uh a little small you know almost a challenge for your community um i think you guys should come just just hear me out okay. it doesn't have to happen yeah just a thought um i think you guys should come on my podcast and we should listen to your your fans your community chooses, let's say, three epic dead jams that they want to hear us talk about. And then the three of us go on my podcast and talk about those dead jams in the way that in my podcast we talk about the biscuit jams. 
I'm in. So we we'll play the music you. and then we. <laughs> you don't even have to sell it. Yeah, yeah, I'm we in. love it. Yeah, when, when you said come on the podcast and listen <laughs> to the dead together, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. You had me. A, I have an idea. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gotta go. So I gotta ask one thing too because I am a huge Philadelphia Eagles oh, fan. Go. Have been since I was seven years old. Do you have a prediction <laughs> for the game tomorrow? This has been a tough season for our division, and tough we season. again it comes down to us playing Dallas. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. This last season was a heartbreaker. I mean, heartbreaker. And I thought they were going to do it again last season. And it's just, they almost did. It's just like the game that happens sometimes. Yeah. And this season, it just feels like every time they try and get up, somebody gets hurt. And it just, it just feels like it hasn't clicked yet this year. But, Football is weird. You can turn and and the Eagles have done it. You could turn it on in week eleven, and I'm suddenly smashing. you're the favorite to win the whole thing. And the the NFL teams are so close in talent, from you know from the top team to the bottom team, that if you're if you squeak into the playoffs and you get hot, and the Rams did it a couple like last year, I think. Yeah, and it, it happens a lot. So. I, I'm trying to feel that way about the Eagles. How do you feel? I, I'm feeling the same way. It's hard to believe that there's still a chance left with the record that Dallas and Eagles both have. Like we're, you know, there's teams that are doing way, way better, <laughs> but we still have a chance and we could turn that around. I, I kind of have a prediction in my mind. It's going to be one of these squeakers where I feel like I'm going to have a stroke half the game. And <laughs> I, I'm predicting it's going to be one of those where we went like odd, not by like a field goal, but like 28 to 26 and the Eagles win. So that's, that's yeah, my prediction. I, I'm feeling really confident, but like you said, a lot of injuries, but then there's also injuries on the other side and it's going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. I feel like Dallas is going to come out. They're going to look great. And then they're going to do some kind of amazing screw up where they like fumble the ball and they're going to be up. And it's going to look like it's over early, and then they're going to screw up, and then the Eagles are going to pump in a couple points and get a big lead, and then the Eagles are going to turn into playoff Eagles and just wipe them off the field. That's and what boom. I think is going to happen. And Ertz is going to um, come through as always. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I'd like to – the thing that was great about the Nick Foles Eagles was that he would hawk the ball down the field in these heroic random passes out of nowhere. And the Eagles had the talent, and they would go get the ball. And I think that Carson Wentz has got to do that. He's got to take and those he's chances. Like, he's got to take those chances. And he's getting so much pressure from the media now that he's not doing whatever he's supposed to be doing. That uh, I think he's going to come out versus the Cowboys and say, hey, if I like these guys up, i got to throw that pass to do it. And if I do that, then you know I'm in good shape. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. I, I'm hoping for Carson Wentz to come out and long ball light up the Cowboys. Yeah. After one quarter of terribleness. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well I, and that was our football corner on No Simple Road. Yeah. Aaron always kind of glazes it. Aaron kind of glazes over. Like looking at Ganesh. And but he does get it. I explained it. It's like a year or two ago. He was like, okay, I get it. I do it, get it's it. congregation, just it's like just going like, to the dead It's or just something. like deadheads it's, all getting together or fish fans or biscuits fans or whatever and you gotta be careful philly fans or you know we're go go don't mess with us go philly (laughs) (laughs) you better say that i don't know no 
John, man, definitely yes to your thing. Anytime you want, man, yeah. you're available. Just let us know. Yeah, we did a Robert Hunter podcast a few weeks ago when he passed. And it, it was we played some Grateful Dead on the podcast. And we talked about Robert Hunter a little bit. And it was just, it was a really well, it was a high, highly listened to podcast in our group. People really liked it. So I think we have like some dead fans in our people. They'd love to hear from you guys. So oh, I'd man. love to have you on. Let's listen to some dead and let's, let's listen to like you, but you guys choose the song. I don't want to know the music. I just, when we sit down, when we press play on the song, I want to be like, okay, I've either, either I heard it 20 years ago and I don't remember, or I've never heard it. Okay. Yeah, I got a deal. Um, so, so I, everybody listening knows where they can find you. Uh, what about touchdowns all day? How can they get a hold of that? We have a website, touchdownsallday.com. We have Instagram, touchdowns all day. Uh, Twitter is CDAD baby, which is touchdowns all day baby. Um, and you can just hashtag touchdowns all day on any social media find us. We're on Facebook, and there's there's groups of people who just they hang out, and it's a lot of discussion about jams and all sorts of different music. We do a lot of ticket giveaways and stuff like that. So it's just it's a little online community, all based around the hashtag. John, have a fucking Merry Christmas, brother, yeah. and we'll talk after we hear the right thing. Great. Really great to meet you both. Thanks you for having too, me on. Too, I Stay in touch, man. And come, come fucking play Portland already. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Sure. All right. All right.
Well, okay, okay. disco biscuits are coming They're to Portland. On their way. You heard you it hear here that first, Portland? folks. <laughs> he like, I love the way he's just okay. like, okay. Everybody, right. get ready. I was like, wait, waiting to be invited. <laughs> what is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Well, here you go. That'll be fun, dude. That was really cool. That was a great experience. I'm looking forward to listening to Now you want to hear the 57-minute crick, I would have listened to that. When we go Christmas shopping, now we'll put it on the car. Yeah. On, on your phone, so we use your data. Yeah, so this was super fun. <laughs> this was another one of these you guys heard at the beginning. We we were on our way to go shopping, and we we learned. I remember in the beginning a few times where we felt like we got stood up, and then we learned. Oh wait, we interview musicians a yeah. lot. Oh yeah, and they get very busy. busy, and like the you know, it was good to hear back from John yeah, that man. this happened. I think we made a new friend today. Yeah. Yay, yeah, no simple road friends. Now we're invited Yay. to go on his podcast. That's cool. Yeah, man. So everybody out there, uh, Mel's not here right now, but uh, Melanie, Ryder, Apple, and I wish all of you the very merriest of winter solstice, Christmas Kwanzaa, Christmas Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all those things, Festivus for the rest Satan, of us. Whatever your yeah. thing is, I hope it's awesome. And, uh, you know, do all the things. Follow us on the social medias. At No Simple Road and join the No Simple Road family group and listen to the Disco Biscuits. Go on to Patreon, donate those cute little dollars, yep. be Give a chandonator. It, you can do a one-time donation at nosimpleroad at gmail.com on PayPal. Also, listen to the other Osiris podcasts because they're fucking awesome, including Touchdowns All Day. And remember, smile at a stranger. Hug one another. Safety third. And, and, and hi- hydrate <laughs> wasn't that in there hi- yeah hydrate hydrate's very important rule number one have a warm comfy beverage beverages are good yes bye
I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.